Will you pray with me as we go to God's Word? Lord, this morning in worship, indeed, we want to surrender you this time. We want to surrender our agenda and let yours have first place. God, we do have questions, and we believe that you have uh, answers. God, you know I am not the answer man, but you are. You have light You know the way, you show the way, so open our eyes just a little more so we can see you more clearly uh, in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I haven't met you before, uh, my name is Greg DeMay, one of the pastors here with Jeff Klein. Uh, About 15 years ago, my family was still living in the state of California, and after a particular worship service, went out in the lobby, meeting people, talking to some folks. And uh, I overheard a guitar-playing friend say something like this. I've been married three times. I think it's about time to go on number four. I was like, what is he talking about? And the next thing out of his mouth was, of course, it's all been to the same person. I found this amusing. His point was this. Like, if you are in a friendship long enough or in a marriage long enough, you go through seasons, it feels like you need to commit and recommit as lives go by. He was saying, it seems like I'm going on marriage number four right now. Long-term relationships are difficult, right? A long-term relationship implies knowing someone, loving them, committing to them, being with them no matter what. A long-term relationship is super hard work, fraught with all kinds of challenges, but it's still what I would call a relationship among equals, right? Adults, kind of in the same phase of life. The final question in this Explore God experience and our deep spiritual question for today is this. Can I know God personally? This is a really hard question to answer because when it comes to a person, a little human being relating to God, we are not talking about a relationship among equals, which can be complicated enough. With God, it's really, really complicated if a relationship is even possible. Let me ask you this. If you own a cat or a dog, would you say you have like a really solid quality relationship with your pet? I mean, some of you are like, yeah, totally. Like, my dog gets me. And like, I hear you on one level. I have two cats. And, like, if I'm bummed out or struggling with something, there's one of our two cats that, like, will find me and just jump up on me immediately. And, like, she is a great therapy cat. Every time I walk in the door, both of them are there, just like little dogs, like they want to play. So, like, for sure, pets have some emotional understanding. But what would happen to your pet if you stopped feeding it for a week? How would your relationship go then? Like, my cats would kill me. They would, like, eat my arm, (laughs) right? So the relationship is good, but it's not a relationship among equals. Anytime I try to talk about something serious with my cats, they just turn around and leave the room, right? They have no interest in in the church. They have no interest in politics. They have no interest in theology. If I try to read them a passage out of a book, they just do something else. Can I know God personally? This is not a relationship among equals. It is vastly more different than your relationship to your pet. Like God's greatness above us 
is infinitely greater than the difference between you and your guinea pig? How do we answer this question? I invite you to turn your attention to the screens. We're going to hear from some of our fellow North Americans for just a minute. Well, it's like we always say, like, my relationship with God, it's, uh, it's not private, but it is certainly personal. I don't see him as being human, so you can't have a human relationship with him. There are people who believe that, that uh, uh, what shirt I put on this morning, that, that God cared what shirt I put on. That's nonsense. I do think God is so big and so vast that um, we'll never get to know him exhaustively. I felt like I heard a voice from heaven speak to my situation and tell me that everything was going to be okay. And I've lived a blessed life since then, since turning my life to God. You have to experience it for yourself. I think it's, it's something hard to describe unless you're actually willing, willing to go there. So we are all over the map when it comes to responding to this question, right? Some people are like, know God personally? Like, there's no way. He's, it doesn't even make sense. He's too big of a person, if he's a person. On the other end of the continuum, people are like, he is the closest person. It is the most important relationship. It, that relationship is everything to me. Survey of North Americans, 75% of us would say they aspire to a personal relationship with God. So most folks walking around at least think it's possible. Now, if the question means, can I know God personally? Can I know all there is to know about God? If that's the way we're framing the question, I would offer an incredulous no. There is no way we are in this life going to know everything about God. Not even close. The difference is too vast. I'm going to leave pets behind and talk about a different relationship of unequals. An infant to an aunt or uncle or an infant to a parent. If you've ever been around a baby, little brother or sister, if you're a parent yourself, uh, kind of bring that experience to mind. What kind of relationship does an infant have with a parent? From an infant's point of view, does the baby know mom or dad? Right? Baby doesn't understand the world of adult jobs. Baby doesn't know about romantic love or the vagaries of global politics. Baby doesn't know what it takes to put food on the table, how the postal system works, how to order something on Amazon Prime. Babies are good for none of this. On the other hand, on the other hand, a baby gets to experience the essence of who their parent is. I mean, we sing to our babies. Like, even if you sing nowhere else in life, like all things being equal, you'll sing to a little kid. Like, you pick one up. It's almost like you can't help yourself. You're so precious. Like, we whisper to babies. We tell them again and again just how beautiful and cute and precious and valuable they are. We hold them so close that infants are familiar with the cadence of the beating of our heart. Infants are familiar with the rhythm of our breath. They know the smell of our skin, the smell of our hair. I would submit to you that an infant knows his or her parent incredibly deeply, intimately, 
wordlessly. And that is the kind of knowing that we are after. I believe that is the kind of knowing that when it comes to his children here on earth, it's the kind of knowing that God is after. So if we ask the question with that in mind, can I know God personally? If we're talking about the way a baby knows a parent, I think the answer is, hmm. (laughs) Hmm. Now again, if a bunch of babies had a convention and tried to sort out and come to conclusions about what the world of grown-ups was all about, it would be a lot of nonsense, right? It would literally be a lot of babble. Babies do not understand the world of adults, but that is not the kind of knowing that matters most. It's good to say this to grown-ups. The kind of knowing that matters most does not happen between your ears. It is not the rational kind. It is not the logical kind. That is not the number one part. It's, not, it's also why theology is not the number one part in knowing God. If there is a God, and if that God is really a person, not just some undefined nebulous force, that created everything and then went out the back door. And if we are to have a relationship with that personal God, then that relationship is going to depend on what that God reveals about himself to us. Just as what a baby knows about a parent depends 100% on the parent picking them up, on the parent whispering, on the parent teaching them language, on the parent feeding them. It is all based on the parent's initiative, and so it is because the relational imbalance between little us and great, great God is so, so vast. If we are going to have a relationship, it all depends on God. Now, here's what I believe. God baby talks toward us. I mean, if God ever revealed himself in his actual truth and greatness, like it would be the end of us. So in the same way that we don't go full force on babies, like God reveals himself by baby talking to the human race. That's the only way a relationship is possible. If the great mysterious God of the universe comes down and baby talks toward us. God baby talks in three ways. Now, this is theology. Way number one, God baby talks, is in the world around us. In the same way an infant knows when you bring them in the front door because it recognizes familiar surroundings and the smells, God has made this world as our home so that we can look around and listen and start to wonder about what kind of God is actually our parent. What kind of God would make a universe like this? Number two, God baby talks to us in the Bible, in the scriptures. And number three, God baby talks to us in the presence of the Holy Spirit who communes with us and whispers in our conscience and in our heart of hearts in the deep place. So here's the paradox. We are never going to know God fully, However, we can be closer to this God than we can to anyone else. Here's the best answer I know to this question. Can I know God personally? Jesus says you can. Like, this is a way better answer than the pastor says you can, right? Can I know God personally? Jesus says you can. 
Where does he say it? All over the place, actually. In John chapter 17, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night that he was betrayed, as he was praying, what was on Jesus' mind and heart? This very issue. Here's what Jesus prayed. Jesus looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Now glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you have granted him authority over all people so that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life. That they, this is us, that they know you, the only true God, and to know Jesus Christ whom you have sent. If I was looking down the barrel of my own death, I can promise you, I would not be thinking of all sorts of anonymous people down the halls of history. We were on Jesus' heart and mind as he was contemplating the proximity of the cross. He prayed that we would know God and that we would know him. So if knowing God depends on his baby talking toward us, what is the kind of baby talk he gives us? The most foundational and basic thing we can say about who God is because he said it first, is that he is our Father, that he has made himself known to us in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that he is a Holy Spirit. Now, this is very profound baby talk. (laughs) Right? Like, that God is one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Blessed Trinity, Like, that's some complicated baby talk. Like, could take a year worth of sermons just on the mystery of the Holy Trinity. I would never get to the point where we would actually rationally understand it because it is a thought that is beyond us. But in the same way that we whisper to babies and tell them things about themselves, this is the first thing that God says about himself. I am Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, here's the really significant thing. Not that we rationally figure out how this works. Like, that's not going to happen. How can something be three and one at the same time? The really significant part is that if you want to know God, that you actually have a relationship with the three persons who are God, that you have a relationship with God the Father that you also have a relationship with Jesus Christ the Son and that you have a relationship with God the Holy Spirit. So let me use a quick human analogy. Like my earthly father uh, is no longer on the planet, has gone home to the presence of God, but for the first, say, 14 years of my life, I would say my dad was like a coach or a boss in my life. Right? Like when you're a little kid, like your parents seem huge. I mean, they seem godlike. Right? Whatever they say, I mean, when I was four years old, whatever my dad said, like I did. Like his word was like law. I got a little older. I stopped doing everything he said. He stopped telling me what to do so often. That helped everybody. In my young adulthood, my dad pretty much turned off the commands. Right? He stopped being bossy with me because he recognized I'm emerging as a young adult. And our relationship shifted into what I would call... Uh, counselor or consultant mode. My dad gave me the freedom that when I was going through something, I'd be like, hey, dad, how about this? 
Or like, did this ever happen? Or like, this is killing me at school right now. So I would start going to him. And then, you know, after I got married, after we had a few kids, uh, I mean, into adulthood, our relationship took a third turn. And with my dad, even though he still once in a while would boss me around and he for sure was always there for wise advice and counsel, our relationship took a turn into us being able to be together as men. Like, almost as friends. I mean, he's still my dad, but, like, we had some great times. What I'm describing is just, you know, a human relationship. And that in years on planet Earth, we went through these three different phases. Like, God can be all of that for everybody all at once. He can be your father, he can be your savior, and he can be the spirit who lives inside of you all at once. The question, I think this is a better question for us now here in church this morning, is not so much, can I know God personally, is this, do I want to know God personally? Do I desire that? This is my question for you. Do you want to know God in his fatherhood? Do you want to know Jesus Do you want to have the Holy Spirit literally taking up residence inside of you and messing your life up? This is what I want. Just truth be told, this is what I want more than anything. If you want to know God the Father, here's what's true. He made you. He formed you. He gave you the very breath of life. He is your source And he is the one to whom you will return when this life is said and done. In the meantime, because he is all those things as your father, in the meantime, if you have a day where you need to be held or protected or reminded of your identity or purpose, if you need to be simply affirmed to have a hand on your shoulder, God the Father is the person of God who is the one for you on that day, in that moment. Jesus himself, as a human being, as the Son of God, had many moments that were like this. One of the strategic moments in Jesus' life, right before he was about to start the journey to the cross, probably when he was feeling weak in the knees, searching himself for the courage to walk into what God had for him, here's what God the Father did. A voice came from a cloud and said over Jesus, This is my Son, whom I have chosen Listen to him. Like that is a great classic dad move. Like when you recognize that your kid is like struggling to find their way, find the right way to encourage them and offer some affirmation. By the way, because God spoke these words to Jesus, you can also take them personally for you if your life is hooked up to Jesus' life. Right? If God spoke them of Jesus and Jesus is our big brother in the family of God, then everything God said about Jesus has like the trickle-down effect of being true of us. If your life is hooked to Jesus, you are pre-approved in the family of God. You don't have to hit some standard of moral excellence. You don't have to get all A's. Like, Jesus is the Son of God and we're in too. And these words... If you can imagine God whispering them over your life, you're my daughter. I've chosen you. 
and I've made you so that you have something to offer this world. You're here. So people, like, listen to this girl. So in your worship folder today, uh, slip this little blue piece of paper in. Uh, at the end of the sermon, you are going to be invited to circle something on this paper and bring it forward as an act of prayer. If there's only one of these in your family, uh, feel free to use scrap paper, rip it into four pieces, like whatever it takes. Pass some pens around. The question for today is on the top of this page. Can I know God personally? And uh, there are a cluster of prayers around the Father and around the Son and around the Holy Spirit. And I am highly suspicious that for most of us sitting here today, there is one of these prayers that probably hits us right where we are at, that, God, I want to know you as a father because today I need some affirmation. If that's true of you, I mean, make this your prayer today. Not only can we know and have a relationship with God the Father, we can know Jesus the Son. Here's the amazing thing. God actually can know us as human beings from the inside out because he came to planet Earth and became one of us. Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, he lived in the flesh. He walked in the flesh. In Jesus of Nazareth, in his very body, the love of God was made manifest and visible on the cross. If you ever you wonder if love exists or if there is any love left in the world, read the passion account of Jesus of Nazareth and let yourself conclude this is what sacrificial love looks like. This is the full extent of love. Not only that, in the flesh and body of Jesus of Nazareth, the power of God was revealed when that guy walked out of a tomb. Dead people don't come back to life. There was a moment where literally you could point to a guy in the Middle East walking around and say, that guy is God. There literally, there was a moment when Jesus was suspended between earth and heaven on the cross where you could point to that guy and say, that is the love of God. And on Easter Sunday morning, there was a moment where you could point to the tomb and say, that is the power of God. That guy right there. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. By the way, where is the resurrected body of Jesus today? I mean, this, this could be explore God question number eight. This is a super weird question. Like Jesus' body ascended from heaven, right? According to the creed, he is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. There is still somewhere in the universe where you could point to Jesus of Nazareth and say, yep, that's God. In the book of Revelation, the final book of the Bible, the risen Jesus has all kinds of things to say. Here's one of the remarkable things. Jesus says this, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. In this relationship of unequal parties, Jesus is taking the initiative. There is no ladder high enough to get you up to Jesus' door. Jesus has come down and is literally knocking at the door of your life. He's knocking at the door of the church. And he would be so happy 
if you would crack that sucker open and desire to sit down and be in his presence and let him enjoy your presence. There is nothing more that Jesus would like. Jesus did not come to give us some antidotes or pills to solve our problems. Jesus came to give us himself. And every other antidote, every other pill, every other help, every other sign of healing is because he took the first step. This is what Jesus wants. The Apostle Paul put it this way when it comes to having a relationship with this person. I consider everything else in my life a loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider everything else garbage. Like That's a pretty strong statement. Everything else in my life is like a dumpster fire compared uh, to the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. I mean, can you honestly say that? We care, we care about so many things so deeply that tweak us and annoy us all the time. I mean, compared to knowing Christ, American politics is a dumpster fire. Compared to knowing Jesus Christ, uh, even the brokenness I feel when things are out of sort with somebody I love is a dumpster fire. Compared to knowing Jesus Christ, fill in the blank. It is the most important thing. It is the thing on which every other important thing hinges and hangs. If you need saving today, if you need forgiveness, if you need help forgiving someone else because you know you can't do that on your own, if you need rescue, if you need help, if you need healing, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Son of God, that is the person for you. It is also possible to know the Holy Spirit in a deep, deep way. Paul says, do you not know that your very body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received by God, from God? If you feel empty this morning and need a love or a power beyond your own to fill yourself, the Holy Spirit is the person for you. If you have a heart that feels like it can't care anymore, that has grown cold and apathetic, the Holy Spirit is the person of God that you desperately need in this hour. According to the Bible, the Holy Spirit has two main job descriptions. Number one is to point to that man, Jesus, and say, look at him, look at him, he's the one. The Holy Spirit is not a self-glorifying spirit, but a Christ-glorifying spirit. Holy Spirit's job, number two, as far as I can tell, is to help cold human hearts come spiritually alive. Like, this is a big problem, and the older that you are, this is probably a bigger problem for you. I mean, the older I get, the, oof, the more compassion fatigue I feel. The more current event stories I have read, the more people with problems that I have talked to, the more problems I have personally had. Like, some days, I swear, I mean, by noon, I'm just like, enough with the trouble of the world. Like, God, Holy Spirit, please, please, Breathe some new life into me. 
By the way, anthropologists tell us that as human beings, we are, our brains are only wired for 500 name-to-face connections. You know what I mean? So like, I look at you, Jay-Z, and I'm like, hey, that's Jay-Z. I look at Klein, I'm like, uh, hey, man. Hey, guy. Because he was number 502. Like, some people are awesome at this. Like, they know 5,000 names to faces. Others of us, we know, like, five people, and we go through life being like, hey, guy. Right? The point is, we are literally wired up to know and care about a limited number of people. The way our society, there's 1,500 people in this church. Like, there is no way you are going to care about every single member, and that's just this church. That's not your family. That's not the people on the job. It is no wonder. We are, our hearts feel tired and fatigued and exhausted all the time. I am a little limited human guy. I, you know, my heart is like a small bucket. But here's the deal. The Holy Spirit gives access to an infinite well of living water. And if I can pray and just get my bucket into the well that is God's love... I can stand up again and put my shoulders back and feel my heart coming back to life and offer something that is way better and more significant than that would just come out of little old me. If that's your story today, brother, you need the Holy Spirit. You need somebody to breathe new life into you, to help you to care, to help you find some joy again. So the invitation is just this. Do you want to know God personally? Do you want to know him more and more? Sitting here today in particular, do you need God to show up as your father? Do you need God to show up as your savior and rescuer and Lord? Do you need God to show up as the indwelling spirit who's going to breathe some new life into you? If so, now's your moment. We gave you this blue piece of paper. Uh, the invitation is uh, pretty simple. I'm going to play the piano for a couple minutes. If you want to write something on here, if you want to circle something on here, and as an act of devotion, bring it down here. You can lay it in this plate. There's a few baskets spread around the room. Uh, this is just between you and God. No one's going to like track you down and ask you what you meant by, you know, what you wrote or what you circled, this is an act of prayer and worship and desire and longing on your part. If you are in the middle of a row and no one else is standing up by you, like you totally have my permission, just like <laughs> knee him in the thigh and come up front. I'm <laughs> Life is a farce, right? It is so serious. Uh, my longing for you is to know God more and more, more and more.